Welcome to episode 29 of the Double Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Noah Glick, and today we're exploring the colorful and often intense art of Eva Salyer. Some of my art is like uh, struggling with mental health and not knowing where to put that information and feelings and stuff. So I shoot it out and then like brightest colors possible. It's kind of like one of my vibes. Salyer tells me she went through some really intense things as a kid and art was always there as a safe space to help make sense of it all. I was basically like a human wrecking ball of emotions and my, my mom did the best she could. And anytime I was like in a rut, she would just slide some art supplies into my room and be like, put these feelings in a safe spot. So art's always been kind of like my therapist. But it's not just a way to process emotions. Art also helps Salyer connect with other people, make friends, and build a network. She's recently been doing live art during concerts in the Tahoe area, including at the George Clinton show back in August. You know, I'm like sitting there, I'm like, my heart's like, oh my god, I'm terrible at this. But I figured it out. So I figured out like a process, which I, I, I brought it all out to explain to you uh, every step of the way of how I can do live art without getting nervous, because I'm extremely socially anxious. She admits that she just has to keep putting herself and her art out there, including at last month's Reno Tahoe International Art Show. And it's not just for her own benefit. She left her job earlier this year to become a full-time artist. I told my husband, and I am the kind of person that gets like harebrained schemes and stuff, and where he's all, uh-oh, what's she going to do? Like, what's her harebrained scheme now? And I'm like, babe, we're doing this. So I was like, I'm going to get this giant painting, and I'm going to paint it. And if I sell it for X amount of dollars, I'm quitting my job. Right? I just said it. Right? And then I got the giant painting. It came. I painted it. Someone bought it. And I turned to my husband, and I was like, Okay, so should I quit my job? Salyer now works full-time from her home studio in South Lake Tahoe, which is where I met with her to learn more about her style, her process, and how she uses art to manage tough emotions. So we're in my old Airbnb rental room, in which I, when I decided to quit my job and become a full-time artist, I was like, sorry, can't have guests anymore. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so I this room has become my art room. Can you describe your style or the be- <laughs> can you try to describe your style? <laughs> um, really bright colors, emotional. So some of my art is like uh, struggling with mental health and not knowing where to put that information and feelings and stuff. So I shoot it out and then like brightest colors possible. It's kind of like one of my vibes. A common theme in my art is heads. So women, women's heads. I, I've I've branched out into not just women, but people seem to think they're all feminine, so they call her all she. So it's mostly women and hair and plants. That's like my my basis for a lot of my stuff. I'm glad you said that because I literally, as you're saying that, I'm looking at this one right here, and I see. Can you just describe this piece? What we're seeing, this one right yes, here. Okay, yeah, because so I thought that was as soon as you said that, I was like, literally, that's all three right this there. This is. Um, that's my reaction to the Roe v. Wade getting overturned, right? So it's like a uterus on a woman's head, and there's like a gun with the American flag shooting her brains out, and then that, it's not done yet, but the brains are going to be splattered, and it says, don't forget to smile in the brains, because people say that to women. It's really intense, but you know, it feels like a safe place to put intense emotions. Let's just start from the beginning. Like, What got you interested in art or painting? Did you start? painting originally or did you start in another way or how did you just get started with this whole thing okay so uh but i went through some intense things when i was little and um i was basically like a human wrecking ball of emotions and my my mom did the best she could and anytime i was like in a rut she would just slide some art supplies into my room 
and be like, put these, you know, put this, put these feelings in a safe spot. So art's always been kind of like my therapist. <laughs> How does art work as therapy for you? How do you use that as a, as an opportunity to, I guess when you come to a blank canvas and you're feeling something, what, what do you do next? Gosh, well, it depends. Like some of them, I, you know, like this, this one back here, the one I did for the George Clinton concert, I really wanted that to be like positive vibes and unity and all the colors and like diversity. I wanted to have all that. So it's a different mindset based on what emotion I'm feeling, but like the really intense ones, like I, I have a weird thought and I'm like, Ooh, I have a really intense emotion. Like let's do a painting that matches it. And so I'll start sketching and stuff like that. But they all kind of start with like a feeling, you know, I'm, I'm someone who, who tends to feel a lot of things. So, and, and, I don't know if this relates to you, but it's like there's so many different things you're feeling. You're not sure which one to follow sometimes. So how do you know, like, this is a feeling I need to paint on versus like, this is just a fleeting thought? Well, it's something I tell my kids all the time. Like, if you don't like it, you can always paint over it. It's a cool part about acrylic. So this painting right here, this is like the fourth iteration of what it is. So I basically just try to get the idea out. If I can get it to a finished painting and I'm like, yeah, fully realized. And if not, it becomes a canvas for a future idea. I used to call them backgrounds, but now they call them underpaintings. But now it's the underpainting for the next one. I mean, it, going through that process, though, it sounds like it's also an opportunity, not just to practice, but to almost like work out some of those thoughts and techniques. So is that is that a valuable part of the process? Yeah. Sometimes it's just like, OK, I got that out. Now I can move along and do like a finished painting. I don't really do like a series, right? It, so it does come to the end. Like this one up here that says, I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, but it says ment yeah. mentally f so my friend Eleanor brought me a bunch of canvases. She brought me all these unfinished paintings that she wasn't happy with. So the face was already there. And then I just kept adding stuff to it. And um, this was during the lockdown, right? And when I was just sitting home and I was like, I'm totally mentally f Then I was like, oh, I'm going to put that on painting. Like all cute sounding, you know, like, oh, I'm going to make a painting about that. And then I would try to make the weirdest, hardest feeling like pretty. What strikes me about it is the juxtaposition here of the the content itself versus sort of the cutesy font uh i don't want to say font because it's hand painted but it kind of is can you just explain i guess like some of these okay so i really like to write in cursive like the act of doing cursive with a paintbrush is really satisfying and like my new stuff has a lot of swirls in it and it, it's funny because people are like oh i really love those swirls but it's like for me it's also the act of doing the swirl with the brush, with the round brush, like especially, um, it just feels really good to like, we do a swirl. Like, I mean, I guess it's my inner child that likes that. I love that because I'm looking at all of these pieces and that is another theme I'm seeing. It's a lot of rounded edges. It's a lot of curves, a lot of swirls. And it sounds like, you know, it not only do you enjoy just the process of making those, the, those, those motions, but does it have a meaning there? Is there a reason why you choose those? It's just part of my bag of tricks, you know? So like, like when you're going to do live art, not knowing what you're going to do, you know, it's really scary. And then people are watching you and people are, you know, asking you what you're doing. So to have like some little like things in your bag of like, oh, well, I love to mix red and orange together. Like, okay, cool. There's something I can pull out if I get nervous. I love to do swirls. Like I can just keep doing swirls. So it's, uh, it's just one of my go-to things. Like a woman's head, swirly hair, and then plants, fill it all in with plants. So how do you balance, or I guess, how do you approach a piece differently when it's a live art? Uh, situation versus you're here in your studio and you don't have to worry about people watching you necessarily. Okay. Well, <laughs> in, um, I have this like theory that art is like in the awkward stage, like 90% of its life. Like you, the sketches, they are cool. And then once you start adding paint, it's like, uh Oh, you kind of have to really have faith that you're 
whatever you thought of is going to like, it's eventually going to get to that point. So I did a couple live art gigs where the art was in the awkward stage the entire time. And I was like, I need to figure out how to like stick the landing like a gymnast, boom, like in front of everyone where it all comes together. Because the awkward stage ones where I just considered on live art fails and people were like, well, the top right corner is cute, you know, and I'm like sitting there on my, my heart's like, oh my God, I'm terrible at this. But, um, but I figured it out. So I figured out like a process which I, I, I brought it all out to explain to you uh, every step of the way of how I can do live art without getting nervous because I'm extremely socially anxious. You mentioned that earlier with the live art. It's it's helped you to get around and, and socialize and be around people. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit? How has that helped you? Well, I wasn't really good at socializing my whole life. And so like really falling out of practice and then like, okay, I like to be at music events. I'm super awkward at music events. You know, do I paint? where people can talk to me or should I be near the music? Um, you know, so just, I just really miss having a big friend circle. I came from the Bay Area. I had a huge friend circle. I came to Tahoe and it's really hard to meet people here. It's like a military town. People just come and go, they come and go. And, um, I'm out there. I'm trying to let people know I do art. I don't care if I actually sell art at the event. I'm trying to make friends. I'm there harvesting friends. But it sounds like you're, you're trying to strike this very interesting balance of of planning, but also sort of just kind of letting your feelings or letting whatever the idea sort of take over, like just following your gut. I don't really follow my gut with a live art. Like it's all planned out and that's to help me get over my nerves. And that's why I think that like, if other people know that they can form some sort of process where they don't have to be nervous and they can go out and do this. Like I totally think that other people can do this. Do you enjoy doing the live uh, the live paintings more than being in the studio or, or is it just they're just different they're totally different so being in the studio I get to like like my daughter was in here helping me with this one yesterday and it's very like this flowing freeform process where I could just do one stroke of paint walk down and cook some food come back do one stroke of paint it's very like organic whereas live art it's like a video game like i'm trying to get to the castle to save the princess and um i have it all planned out i have exact colors i need i've brought them so that i don't sway from the plan because that's when like bad things ha used to happen when i was doing live art so it's just interesting it's a totally different way of of painting it's just completely prepared and that way i can be calm and have fun and enjoy it More of the Double Scoop podcast ahead after this short break. Have you noticed a change in Reno lately? I sure have. Well then, keep up with the movers and shakers and unique people of Reno by listening to the Our Town Reno podcast, where we discuss helping each other out. New episodes play every week and feature real Reno stories told by us, the people who live here. Listen in. You're listening to episode 29 of the Double Scoop podcast. I'm Noah Glick. I want to ask, as you mentioned, you know, this is your full-time thing. You left work recently to take this on full-time. So what's that been like? And what have been some of the, the challenges that you've been facing since that decision? So I was at a job that I think I was really good at. But I was feeling like underappreciated and this is like nothing against them. This is just what's happening inside me. So I told my husband and I am the kind of person that gets like harebrained schemes and stuff and where he's all, uh oh, what's she going to do? Like, what's her harebrained scheme now? And I'm like, babe, we're doing this. So I was like, I'm going to get this giant painting and I'm going to 
paint it. And if I sell it for X amount of dollars, I'm quitting my job. Right. I just said it. Right. And then I got the giant painting. It came. I painted it. Someone bought it. And I turned to my husband and I was like, okay, so should I quit my job? Is this the time that when I do that? Because I I really want to just see if I could do this full time. That's the weird, cool part about this is that art keeps coming out. It's like it's been in the cage and it wants to shoot out now. <laughs> I'm curious about that. What have you seen with art kind of coming back out? Yeah, the, uh, you know, everything was shooting out. And then there was a moment where I was like hesitating and I didn't really know, like, am I paying what, what I feel? Am I paying what I think people like? And then I learned like this blue ocean strategy of taking what you like and what they buy and like merging so that it's always fun, right? So you always enjoy your job. So I've been really trying to focus on like women, hair and plants and like the things that people seem to buy and the things that I enjoy painting the most. So it's kind of interesting to... There's a lot of people like, well, is, is it selling out when you figure it? No, I'm like, no, it's actually just, it's it's turning it into a career. And it is totally fine. It's okay. I gave everyone permission to sell art for a lot of money and pay your bills with it. It's okay. <laughs> it's it's fighting that, that starving artist to stereotype, yes. right? Yeah, well, yeah, and a lot of money to me is pennies to someone else. So I did a bunch of different sketches, right, of ideas for this. And I ended up with this one. This is where my process gets really interesting. Um, so I used my kid's Nintendo Switch, which is so silly, but this is the only way I figured out how to do this. I have this projector here. So I got my sketch. I did a little video clip of it on my phone. I uploaded it to my YouTube stories. <laughs> I pulled it up on the Nintendo Switch, plugged it into the projector, and projected this sketch onto that. And then I sketched the whole thing out with pencil, cover the whole thing with Sharpie. Looks just like a page in a coloring book to me. Like that's just my process. And then I get this smaller canvas. So I'm messing around with colors, figuring out my background, and just very quickly picking some colors out of the palette that I like. And then, because I'm a graphic designer, I take my Sharpie outline into Photoshop and I color it. Right. And this is the part where people say, is that art? And I say, yes, it is. This is part of my creative process. If Picasso could have had a projector, he would have done crazy stuff too. Anyway. So, okay, so we're here. You've so got the digital here. art version. So of now this. I've painted this in Photoshop. I have my real one to get some ideas from. And so I bring this with me. So now I know exactly what paint colors to bring. Check that out, right? That's pretty cool. Because when you're looking at a thousand paint colors and you're at a live gig, I learned that I picked the wrong one when people are watching. <laughs> And then I spend the whole rest of the time going, why did I pick that color? So I have this whole thing laid out with some ideas, general ideas, and I put it in there. So I have all my paint colors picked out. I actually know even like what size brushes I want to do these swirls with. So I know I'm going to bring a bunch of number twos. And then I put this in my paint box. So when I'm at the gig and I'm standing there and I'm sweating and everyone's watching me, if I have a moment of hesitation where I'm like, okay, what do I do next? Then I just, I don't really necessarily pull this out and like show everyone that I'm using it as a cue, but it's in my paints so I can go, all right, I'm going to do that orange flower next. And I can just keep going. It is so cool. I like want everyone to know that like you can be as weird and awkward and nervous of a type of person and still pull stuff like this off. You know, there's, everyone has a different process. There's some people that can walk up to a blank painting and do, you know, a realism portrait. But yeah, I've, I've learned to actually be, kind to myself and to know that like every single artist that I've worked with has a totally different process and they're all, they're all fine. They're all good. My, one of my friends, Eleanor says, you know, the only bad art is the 
art not being made. Well, and also it's like you were saying, it's like you just keep at it. Like mm -hmm. you just keep going. So would you say it's like because you've planned, because you've mapped it out, in a way, it sort of freed you up to like, now you don't have to think as much. Now you can just execute, right? Yes. Now I can just enjoy it. I can like, talk to my friends and interact with them. I just can really trust my process. Uh, one theme that I'm noticing in our, in our conversation is this idea of awkward. You had mentioned earlier how there's sort of an awkward phase in art. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit? What do you mean when you say something's awkward? Okay, so it's kind of like feeling like people are going to judge something when they aren't even seeing the end. They're seeing the middle. Like a lot of people, which is just natural, feel compelled to tell you how they feel about that, you know? And it's like, well, you're you're looking at the peanut butter, but the jelly's not there yet, you know? So um, yeah, art is really awkward uh, I, for me because I, I feel like it's the most satisfying right Right when the end, like I said earlier, when you like do the gymnastics moves and you stick the landing and like right when I sign it, it's like, like oh, I love it how it came out. But up until that point, there was a really there was a long struggle with like, hmm, I hope my vision actually matches up with something that seems finished. Uh, generally speaking, what does art mean to you? Art is feelings. You have something to say, but you don't actually have to say it. You can let other people receive it. And um and I've also learned that like however people receive the art is totally valid, regardless of how I want or intended a piece to make someone feel, you know? So I'm I'm kinda out of the jury once it's done. It's it's a really cool feeling, but I know that like struggling with mental health and you know, people always say, Well, just reach out and call someone, which is the last thing and somebody wants to do when they're struggling with mental health. But it's like to get just to get something down, you know, put a color on a canvas. It feels like it feels like a healthy thing to do to put all that stuff. I mean, we're all we all have a lot of stuff bottled up and it feels really nice and healthy to put that somewhere. And if it turns out terrible, I'll paint over it. <laughs> that was my conversation with Tahoe based artist Eva Salyer. You can see some of her work at the Tahoe Art League Gallery in South Lake Tahoe, where she also serves as a board member. You can learn more about Eva and her work at evasalyer.gallery. That's E-V-A-S-A-L-Y-E-R dot gallery. We also have photos and more information at our website, doublescoop.art. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Double Scoop Podcast. This episode was produced in conjunction with Divergent Point Media. More info at divergentpointmedia.com. Our theme music comes from Reno singer-songwriter Greg Gilmore from his song, Who Am I? You can find more episodes of the Double Scoop podcast on our website, doublescoop.art, and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. I'm Noah Glick, and thank you so much for listening. <laughs>